Hey y'all, and welcome back to Uplift Fit Nutrition Radio. I'm your host, Lacey Dunn, future registered dietitian, here to spread the scientific knowledge in the world of fitness and nutrition. Today, we're going to talk all about goal setting, meal prepping, and dining out. So let's jump right in. Okay, so before we get started with our guest today, I just want to wish you guys a healthy, safe, and happy new year. And I really hope that whatever is in your heart, whatever goal is in your mind, that you go after it this year. That you don't be the person or the thing that is holding you back and that you believe in yourself and you trust God's plan for you. It's really hard in the new year when, you know, we think, you know, this is what we want to do. This is my plan. And what I like to tell people is forget about specifically your plan. Sit down with God, think about what you want to do in your life, and ask him for his plan. So I challenge you today to sit down, to talk to him, to listen to him, and to ask him, God, what is your plan for me? That's something I do every single year, and I ask him to give me the tools, to give me the strength, to give me the knowledge to be able to make his plan happen. I I totally believe that he puts passions in our hearts for a reason and that when he puts those passions in our hearts, he will provide us the things that we need to make our goals happen. So just ask for those passions to be put into your hearts and I hope you have such an amazing new year. All right, guys, let's get on to this topic. Okay, guys, today I have an amazing guest. She is Stephanie Rackley. She is a registered dietitian, owner of AVO Good Life Nutrition, LLC, as well as at The Healthy Chew on Instagram and her blog. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking your time to come on my podcast, sharing your expertise, your knowledge. Why don't you tell my listeners who you are, your nutrition philosophy, and what got you started into this world of nutrition and science and fitness? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Lacey. Um, Like you said, I'm a registered dietitian. So um, even though I started kind of everything before I got to be a registered dietitian, um, the journey kind of starts back when I was kind of in high school. So I don't want to bore you guys with my story for too long. But back when I was in high school, um, I started getting some food allergy reactions to everything that I was eating. And I never really knew too much about nutrition. Um, You know, I grew up, my mom didn't really make a whole lot of, like, meals from scratch. She was, you know, we just did a lot of, like, easy, convenient foods. Didn't really know a whole lot about nutrition. Maybe took a health class once in high school. But didn't really know the fundamentals about nutrition or, you know, what was really healthy versus what was easy. You know, the convenient um, you know, know, meals to go in the, um, in the, fast food industry and stuff like that. So when I got to college, um, I was actually a dancer for the first two years of college. I went to Kilgore College, and I was a rangerette, so if anybody in Texas knows what that is, it's basically like the first drill team established in America. So starting off um, in high school and middle school and college, I was very active. Um, I was always dancing, you know, six, seven days a week, I was dancing for hours at a time. So Mm -hmm. I've always had a very athletic approach to life. Um, And my freshman year of college, I finally discovered that all the food reactions that I was having in high school, I kind of narrowed it down to I had an allergic reaction to soy. So um, I didn't really know what that meant first. I figured it out through 
keeping food journals and stuff like that just because I was having such metabolic problems with my digestion and um, constipation and skin allergies and skin irritations. So we narrowed it down also taking um, an allergy test to soybeans. And at the time, I had no idea what that was. Um, so looking at like food labels and food ingredients was so foreign to me that it kind of started there, especially in the college. So after I um, did my dancing career for two years, I actually transferred to a larger university, and I wanted to kind of um, give up my life for a couple of years and study nutrition, study what all nutrition had. So it was a completely foreign topic to me, but I just loved it so much because, you know, all this stuff was new. You know, I didn't know what macronutrients were. I didn't Mm -hmm. know what vitamins and nutrients your body needed. I didn't even know what, you know, the additives in food was. So it was all just, I was just drinking it up because it was all just so new to me. So you could say that I'm actually pretty uh, um, new in the industry, you know, less than 10 years, but I graduated them with my um, nutritional science degree in 2015, and then I went on to do a year of um, a dietetic internship to become a registered dietitian. But I really just wanted to um, continue my philosophy of you know nutrition and what feeds the body and like what we really need and stuff like that. And I also I wanted to help others as well. So that's kind of how I got into nutrition. Um, while my whole philosophy behind what I do is I create for like my clients and everybody that I um, counsel and with everybody that I expose to nutrition through my blog and through my interest, my Instagram and Pinterest, it's all about a, a balanced lifestyle. So I like to incorporate whole foods into the diet and really create like a balanced approach around nutrition, you know, incorporating more whole foods, less processed foods, less um, junk foods incorporating more plants into the diet, but still keeping a well-rounded and balanced approach to life. Mm-hmm. I love that's that. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I do. And, and I love it. I love the people that I just talk to, the people, you know, I get to see, um, everybody that I kind of touch on a day-to-day basis. I just, I love what I do. That, and that's so key. You are never working a day in your life if you are doing your passion. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe in that. Okay, thank you so much for telling me about your background. That's very interesting on the whole soybean allergy. I've actually, I haven't quite heard of that one being, you know, an allergy that people have. So that's very interesting and that makes it kind of hard if anybody (laughs) would, if you ever wanted to go like vegan or vegetarian, you would have to go quite find some alternative sources there. Yes, very much so. When when I first found out, I was like, I don't even know what soybean is because, you know, it's one of the top eight allergens, but I really have yet to meet another person that's, I mean, I've maybe met three or four in the entire, like, six or seven years, but it's very rare for somebody to actually have a complete soybean allergy because it's in so many of our foods that, I don't know, you, you hear about gluten and you hear about dairy and you know, peanuts, especially in shellfish and other mm-hmm. fish and stuff like that. But very rare do you hear about soy. Yeah. It's also crazy that, you know, there's this list of these top allergies. And honestly, I don't think other than maybe two people in my life I've actually met that actually have like a shellfish 
allergy. And it is one of those top <laughs> ones. And I'm like, all right, so where is the rest of the shellfish allergy community? <laughs> like, where are they hiding? <laughs> where are they hiding? <laughs> well, they're probably not at seafood restaurants. No, correct. <laughs> where you'll find me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's jump in today's topic, which is goal setting, taking control of your diet one step at a time. So for my listeners, Stephanie has many blog posts that talk about things like meal prepping and dining out and ways that you can um, make healthy snacks and um, carbohydrate protein sources that you can do for snacks and just a wealth of knowledge and helpful information on her website. So definitely make sure to check that out. But I'm very excited about today's topic. So let's start off by discussing the importance of goal setting and why it's important to take small steps instead of big leaps in regards to making your goal making your goal yeah I think that's a really big um, importance you know taking small steps at a time so of taking the large leaps you know I see time and time again um, when I first meeting somebody or somebody that like first wants my help you know you've got to kind of ask them well what's your why like why do you want to do this mm-hmm. maybe it's not just because you want to lose weight or you want to lose you know those five pounds but what's your um, specific, unique why? And I first, before I do anything with them, I always ask them, like, you've got to define that why for you. And it has to be unique to you. It can't be unique to anybody else. So typically this will be, you know, hopefully because they, they want to get healthier for their kids or they want to get healthier because they want kids or they want to get healthier because, you know, they want to do more stuff with you know their partner or they want to live long enough to you know abc so it's it's more about the health rather than it is you know i want to lose those five pounds because i want to look good you know so to start out small you know you've got to take one step at a time and you can always add on more you know as you progress but starting out small and really honing in on you know that one individual key before you move on it's the big um um important no definitely agreed there um i think something that is very important in regards to goal setting is identifying your strengths and your weaknesses because by identifying your strengths and weaknesses you can turn those weaknesses into strengths you can realize you know things that might trip you up in a diet things that might trip you up like if your weakness is reaching out for those cookies you can maybe possibly you know plan that into your meals when you know if you're going to go out you can plan say hey I'm going to have this cookie tomorrow or something or I think it's very important to point out your barriers so things that you might have trouble with such as Um, friends and family going out if that is something like peer pressure is something that is one of your barriers that is something that you can take control of by knowing ahead of time Um, so how would you specifically suggest dealing with barriers like that dealing with um, family and friends and peer pressure Mm. Well, I think I agree with everything that you just said because I, I do the exact same. You know, I ask people to define your barriers so that you can expect to see them. I mean, it's not just, you know, you define them and then they'll go away. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to expect, you, you've got to pre-plan for those barriers. So so your barrier is, like you were saying, like eat those cookies. You, you know, you're susceptible to eating those cookies. And that's fine and dandy, but 
how do we work that into where it's not a barrier anymore or it's not an obstacle anymore? Um, but your other question as to how to kind of assimilate into like your friends and your family and just making sure that you're not like feeling like an oddball or feeling like you're on a diet, you know, but it's, it's more of a lifestyle and it's not just, I'm on this diet for four weeks and then after that I can do whatever I want. Um, I think it's really important to get the support from your friends and family. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, like not all of your friends and not every one of your family members is probably going to be like, you know, go get them. I mean, I run into this every day, even like personally, like not every single one of my family members is really healthy with their diet. But it's just something that as you go on and progress, you know, it's, it's part of the, the whole package. So what's really great, too, is getting the support from your friends and your family or the ones that you truly look up to and the ones that you're, that you're truly close with. Those are the ones that are going to be supporting you. And if they're not, then, you know, you don't have to listen to them because it's not for them. It's for mm-hmm. you. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you shouldn't have to feel like you get – you shouldn't have to feel like you have to win over your family members or you shouldn't have to feel like you have to win over your friends. I mean, you do you, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's something people, people, you know, they're so, they just want the approval of others. And if you have a goal, like you don't need their approval, just go after your goal. And if you want to have a salad with some grilled chicken on it while you're going out freaking own it like enjoy your salad enjoy <laughs> your chicken but hey if you want if you want that pizza you have that pizza like don't let somebody Absolutely. try and shove that pizza down your throat just because they want you to eat it you eat it because you want to eat it and if it's part of your goal or even if it's not part of your goal you got to do what you personally want to do yeah and I feel like you almost have to like not even put them in their place but I mean let them know like hey I'm gonna eat this pizza or on the opposite side hey I'm gonna have this salad so if you have a problem with it you know let me know I know (laughs) (laughs) it's easy to say that and I think that's just like I don't know I'm very stubborn and I just do what I want so that's easy for me to do but I think it's hard for others because you know a lot of people these days, you know, they want that approval that, and there's yeah. a lot of people pleasers and you just can't, you got to learn to say no, you got to learn to do you and you mm-hmm. got to learn to go after your goals because they're your goals and not their goals. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it doesn't start off easy because I'll, I'll say like when I started off, um, like on my soy free, you know, lifestyle, because that's physically what I have to do, not mm-hmm. because I choose to do it. Um, it wasn't easy and it still isn't easy 100% of the time, you know, um, soy lurks everywhere in processed foods, packaged foods. Um, I can't go to fast food restaurants. So like my family members and my friends, oh, they all joke with me. They still oh, like, yeah, oh, soybean oil. Pizza pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, in, it's in a lot, but like, I've just been so used to being like, you know what? It doesn't bother me. If you want to eat that, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, and my family members and my friends have totally gotten used to it. Like now they're asking me like, Hey, what did you have for lunch? Can I have that too? So <laughs> just as, as much as you stick to you and you do you, people will come around and they'll start, you know, accepting it and supporting you. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I'm very happy for you. Um, I just want to point out just another thing in regards to goal setting is make sure that if you set a goal that it's a SMART goal. So SMART goals are specific, measurable, 
achievable, realistic, and timely. So set a goal, make sure you, it's realistic. So something like if you want to lose, a realistic goal would maybe be like 10 pounds in three months. It's definitely a realistic goal. 10 pounds in one week is not a realistic goal whatsoever. So (laughs) make sure it's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And I definitely am a firm believer in making smart goals and making those, like setting tiny little goals. Is that what you would suggest as well in regards to make, like reaching a big goal, setting little mini goals up to it? Yes. And I'm so glad you said that. I even had that like written out like smart goals because that's what, that's like the core of what I teach as well. Um, and it's not just, you know, make one smart goal for a year. You know, I, I like to say make a smart goal for the week, so make mm-hmm. a smart goal for the month, make one for six months, and then make one for a year. And, of course, you can make more or less if you want. You can make, you know, four for the year. But if you just make one smart goal, then, you know, by the time that that time happens, okay, you could have achieved so much more. But exactly. at the other end, you don't want to put too much on your plate that you're changing so much at once that you just – you have no focus or direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, especially tiny smart goals. That's perfect. That lead up to that one to make sure that you're on track, you're focused, you're driven, and you don't lose that um, that drive. No, exactly. And a really easy one in regards to dieting is just like the first goal being increase your fruit and vegetable intake. That is so easy to do. It doesn't require you to exclude anything. It doesn't require a lot of work. You just incorporate more fruits and veggies into your diet and then the next week could be like incorporating 10 minute walks every single day a 10 minute walk is like nothing in the span of 24 hours so just little (laughs) baby steps firm believer in that for sure yes you know I also like how you said add instead of take away because mostly a lot of people that start on like diets or you know incorporating a more healthy lifestyle they think what can I take away? Mm-hmm. But instead of that mentality, I like how you said, let's add more fruits and vegetables and focus on taking away something else later. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like the taking away, like that just sets a diet up for failure. It just makes yeah. somebody go, oh, I'm just like, I'm already so restricted, like on day one. So it's very important to start with a positive jump for sure. And I like to, I kind of like to alternate them in regards to like, if I'm working with a client, I like to alternate like, Hey, this week we're going to add this. Hey, this week we're going to take away this. Like if we're adding cardio, if we're reducing like macros. So it's very, it's a balance and it's definitely, it helps psychologically as well as physiologically in regards to people reaching their goals. Yes, I totally agree. Now, let's talk a little bit about meal prepping because I know this is something that can seem super overwhelming to some people, and I know you have a blog post about meal prepping. So how do you suggest the best way to meal prep? I know for me, I like to know what I'm going to eat throughout the week. I will go ahead and I like personally to either bulk prep or prep the night before. Um, I I know some people have to really prep, you know, three or four meals and props to them for doing it. But luckily, Mm -hmm. that's not me. But what is your best suggestion (laughs) for meal prepping? Um, That's a great question. So I'm kind of half and half. Um, Personally, I don't like to meal prep 
um, for my own meals, but I do love to help other people meal prep just because I'm not one of those people that like to know exactly what I'm going to eat, you know, for three day, three or four days in a row. Um, I kind of like to go spur of the moment and I have mm-hmm. different tastes, you know, every single day or if I'm like, Hey, I want a salad today or I want soup tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> we'll just have to take the day, day by day. But a lot of people don't have that, um, that, that time to just kind mm-hmm. of like be able to choose. So they need that meal prep. And I'm totally for that. I, I would say my number one recommendation is not to look at the entire week at one time because that does overwhelm a lot of people. Like right off the bat, they're like, how am I going to, you know, um, prep three meals for every single day for seven days in a row? I mean, that's 21 meals to prep. That's a lot, especially mm-hmm. in just one day. Yeah. So I kind of make them um, narrow it down. And do three days at a time because who knows what we're going to feel like eating in, in four or five days. If you just focus on three days at a time and if you focus on one meal section. So say lunch is the biggest um, the, the, the biggest factor that you want to focus on. So take lunch and take three days at a time. So that's just three lunches. You know, if you want to do um, a, a soup or something, I like to say in bulk like cooking in bulk instead of meal prepping because a lot of people think meal prepping has got to be brown rice, chicken, and tomatoes. Like it has to be so boring. Tomatoes. It doesn't, it can, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Potatoes. <laughs> but it can be so much better than that. Like if you just pick a recipe that, you know, you like on an average day and just make that in bulk and have it for three days in a row. Um, another recommendation that I like to say is just Stick to your um, like four four different um, categories to include in the meal. So with every meal, every meal that you choose to um, cook in bulk, focus on your protein, your fiber, your fats, and your veggies. So if each meal that you're prepping has those four categories, you can't go wrong. No, and I love that you mentioned fiber because fiber can definitely play a major role in making sure that you are full and you have satiety, meal satiety, and it it helps with your blood glucose levels as well. So yes. love that you mentioned fiber. <laughs> I think people forget um, about the fiber and the fat, like the two Fs you can't forget about because those two together create, yeah, the satiety and, you know, it creates your, the balance blood sugars and everything around it. No, exactly. And um, I love that you mentioned the three-day method as well because I think that's that's super helpful. And what I think a lot of people forget they can do is, like you said, taking a recipe that you love and bulk prepping it. Like it is easy to switch a recipe and multiply it by three. And a lot of people don't think to do that, but that would be a really easy method. Say you find this amazing muffin recipe and you love this recipe as a snack. You could easily like bulk prep it for ever to make that muffin recipe. <laughs> so I personally like to prep my lunch and then knowing what I'm going to have for dinner. Because if you just have a plan, you don't have to necessarily make the meal. But if you have a plan, then you're already like not having to worry about it. You know you have things in your fridge to go ahead and make it. And then that stress is out of the way. And then once you're done with work, you can just come home and make that meal. So it takes a little bit more time and stress away from planning when you get home. 
Because yeah. I don't know about you, but totally if you don't plan ahead sometimes, you just get home and then you're just staring. You're staring in the kitchen. You're like, <laughs> oh, my God, what do I want? What do I have? And yeah. You're like, oh, I could put this with this, but um, what if I did this? And, like, that takes up time, takes up thinking. So do yourself a favor and plan it out. Yeah, I totally agree. Or it could be, like, I'll get so hungry that I'll just reach for the first thing in the fridge. And I uh-huh. know that about myself. Like, if I don't have something already planned or prepped, I will grab whatever I see, whether it's, like, a piece of bread or something. I'm like, no, stop. But my body is just going for the first thing that it sees to grab as, like, instant energy. And that's when we're reaching for carbs and sugars and refined carbohydrates that spike our blood, our blood glucose. Oh, yeah, definitely carbohydrates. And that's the body's just natural response because typically when you're mm-hmm. hungry, you're about to get hangry and your blood sugar is dropping. So that's and another thing in regards to, you know, planning ahead and meal prepping. Definitely make sure to not let that happen. Make sure yeah. you don't have long periods of time between meals because that is going to create that drop in blood glucose. It's going to make you want those sugary foods, those high-fat foods, those highly processed foods. So make sure that you are spacing your meals out or that you you know incorporate the fat and the fiber to keep steady blood glucose levels. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree with all of that. And I think a lot. Um, another thing in regards to meal prep, some people will be like, all right, so for this snack, I'm going to have um, some crackers, some pretzels, and an apple. Something really high carb. And they don't understand that just having a high carbohydrate snack can potentially set them up for being even more hungry because their blood sugar is going to spike, then it's going to fall. So you really want to make sure that if you have a snack, that you have some fiber or you have some fat or you have some protein, something to keep those blood glucose levels stable. So that's just another tip from me in regards to choosing some snacks. Yeah. Yeah, I always say if you're going to choose a snack, pair a carb with a protein. Mm-hmm. Make sure you, that you have the, that combination. Um, and a lot of this, this forces people to get kind of creative because people are like, oh, well, I do eat apples. Okay, well, what's a protein or a fat that you can add to that? Well, how about some peanut butter, some almond butter, or, you know, a piece of cheese? Something to that effect that you're pairing, not just um, just having pretzels. Okay, no. well, yeah. maybe you can have <laughs> some cheese or, you know, some yogurt. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Not, not high sugar yogurt, but <laughs> yeah, no, yogurt. no, and that's what's kind of scary in regards to um, going to the grocery store and just looking at like certain snack options you could have. Is you know how much sugar can be in something that looks super healthy? Like people don't they think all right, fruit. They look at dried fruit and they're like, oh, this would be super healthy, but they don't look at the sugar content. Yeah. And be like skyrocketing yeah. high, 17 grams of sugar for like a little tiny handful of raisins or something. Or Greek <laughs> or Greek yogurt could easily skyrocket their sugar up. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for exactly. sure. But you also don't want to freak them out. Cause no, true. Say that, they're like, oh, I can't eat anything then. <laughs> so it's like an ever-evolving vicious cycle of, well, it's healthy, but in moderation, right? Exactly. I always suggest just looking at labels like – when you go to the store, checking the label out and not necessarily like being scared of it, but just being knowledgeable. Just like take a look at it and just see what it says. Like it doesn't mean yeah. if there's no good, there's no bad, there's just everything in moderation. For sure, that's how I feel. 
Okay, so next, let's talk a little bit about um, choosing, let me see, this. Oh, having whole foods available over processed non-nutritive foods. So we've talked a little bit about this in regards to, you know, reaching out in the cabinet, but what are your best suggestions for easy to reach out whole foods in people's diets to incorporate? Mm, like which foods um, to always keep on hand? Or yeah, like, like little oh, staple God. staples. Staples. Um, I would say nuts. Nuts are yes. one of my go-to um, whole foods to kind of keep on hand, and especially like telling people to, you know, making sure to keep a well-stocked kitchen with a lot of whole foods. And people think that I'm I'm talking about like the grocery store whole foods, but I'm not. I'm talking about like the whole food ingredients that you can make food from food, not making food from already prepackaged foods. Exactly. Um. So nuts, I would say, are a great source. Either walnuts are a great source of like omega threes. Um. You know, almonds. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to think of my um, pantry. Pine nuts. Um. Stuff like that. Oh, cashews. So nuts in general uh, would be a major, major go-to. Another thing I would I would think of is um, I always keep um, oatmeal, like rolled oats and steel oh, cut oatmeal oats. is my favorite. <laughs> yes, either like in the morning or even like for lunch or even for dinner. You know, you can you can put a lot of protein in it. Um, uh-huh. I love to put almond butter, peanut butter in my oatmeal, kind of chalk it up, um, put like nuts in there as well. Let's see. Um, fruit would be a good one. You know, we, we did talk about fruit being um, higher in carbohydrates and sugars, but it also does have a lot of fiber in there as well. Yeah, so exactly. Pairing fruits with other sources. Mm, veggies, I would say. Keeping a well-stocked fridge full of veggies, either spinach, leafy greens. Um, I always have broccoli. I love to keep sugar snap peas in my refrigerator because I just eat those just by the handful, either with like raw or with dip. Um, carrots would be a great snack as well. Mm, trying to think of like my other favorites. Let's see. Mm. Any other favorite Tomatoes. carbohydrates? Let's see. Thinking of my pantry right now. Mm. Let's see. Do you have a list? <laughs> yeah. So I definitely am a huge fan of oats. So that is my go-to. I have um, some low-sugar cereal I always have in my pantry, which is processed, but at the same time, it's made with whole ingredients, so it makes me feel better. Um, I like to have things like potatoes and rice yeah. um, mix. Yeah. I like to have both brown and white because I definitely feel that that gives you options. Um I am a firm believer in having fruit and vegetables on hand and not being afraid to go the frozen route. I'm definitely a fan of the frozen because you can just throw it in the microwave and it is ready and it is just as nutritious, even more sometimes nutritious than a um, fresh produce. Um, Canned vegetables are great as well. Um, I always have canned green beans because they're just so easy. They're so easy to crack open, pour out the juice, and then eat um 
Let's see. Definitely nuts for sure. Nut butters. Um, I'm a huge fan personally of dairy. So I like having dairy on hand. Cheese is mm-hmm. delicious, um, which I'm kind of annoyed that some like it's kind of becoming a fad to stay away from dairy. And I'm like, guys, dairy is so good for yeah. you. It has calcium. It helps um, calcium, vitamin D, like it helps in regards to your hormones. It's just mm. Won't go into that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> egg whites, eggs, and then meats. If you eat meats like chicken, fish, um, and then if you don't have a soybean allergy, you can have some tofu <laughs> in the fridge. <laughs> but yes. definitely, I also believe in having things like protein powder because it's just so easy to throw into like oatmeal, pancakes. Um, so definitely a firm believer that. Oh, and I love having oat flour. People don't think about oh, that, yeah. but I love oat flour, I, and you can make that out of oats easily. Yeah, I, I do keep a lot of that stuff. So going back to, um, we keep our freezer actually stocked with all different kinds of meats. So my husband is actually, um, he fishes for a living. So we always have like, gosh, we have so much frozen fish. We have frozen venison. We have frozen elk meat, like all the different kinds wow. of meats and fish. <laughs> so it's really wonderful. I mean, yeah. I don't have to like pay out the nose for it. And I'm sure it's really expensive if you try to no, buy it. Oh, yeah, for but sure. <laughs> we, we keep our freezer stocked with um, different types of meat. So either ground or in steak um, form, um, backstrap, stuff like that. And then fish fillets as well. So it's it's all, um, we all like prepackage it and um, vacuum seal it. So it's already, everything's already packaged and everything. So it's really nice to just, pull it out mm-hmm. um you know in the morning or the night before and be like hey we want this for dinner tomorrow night but also what you were saying about canned um canned beans people forget about these all the time and i keep a stock of canned black beans pinto beans kidney beans you know i love incorporating beans into meals but if you don't have them already made they they take a while to they like do. pre-soak wash cook uh-huh. Um, so if I, I always look for the low sodium or no sodium added um, black beans and like other kind of beans. It's a great source of protein. Yeah, no, it really is. It's an easy source. And hey, you can easily make like chili soups. You can have like a Mexican dish. You can just have them by themselves. It, mm-hmm. They're fabulous. That's a really great idea. And I definitely suggest going the low sodium route just because sodium easily piles up during the day. In America, yeah. it is easy to get sodium in. Yeah, it's everywhere. So it's it's just one less source that you really need it from. Not that, you know, um, a lot of young people don't need to worry about it, but mm-hmm. you don't want to have to worry about it when you get older. So just starting young and starting out the reduced sodium or low sodium or not, you know, dumping the salt, the salt shaker in is a great um, way to kind of prevent that. No, exactly. And just one more easy staple you can have is ready-to-go rice. These days, there is rice that can be in the freaking freezer. Like, you can just pop that sucker in, or there's, you know, already made rice. It's, like, ready to go. You just pop it in the microwave for, like, 70 seconds. Uncle Ben's, whatever. I love that one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uncle Ben's brown rice. I lived lived off of that in college. I used to make the the microwave Uncle Ben's brown rice. Yeah, exactly. um, what what was the um the little oven? It was not an oven. I don't know. I, don't know. Little... I, I used to cook grilled grilled chicken. Oh yeah, the they do make fro- um, frozen grilled little chickens. You can just throw in little yeah. chickens. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's super easy. People are afraid sometimes of the freezer aisle, and the freezer aisle is glorious, that is for sure. It is. Just, you know, make, making sure that people check the ingredients as well, because they can always slip in, like, the extra sauces or the extra, oh, yes. you know, whatever. Yeah, huge factor there. Now, let's dip into a little bit before we end this episode into dining out and things to watch out for and ways you can stay on track going out to eat. Yeah, absolutely. So I do actually have, um, I wrote a post on my blog probably about a year and a half ago. Um, I had a lot of people asking me, you know, what are some of your tips and tricks for eating out? Because you know, you just don't want to go and have fun and go with your friends or family and eat out just because you're uh, living a very healthy lifestyle. You don't want to miss out, right? So just ways to stay healthy while you're eating out. Um, I would say the number one thing is actually two things to really um, watch out for is, you know, instead of ordering a sugary soda or like a, a sweet drink, just skip that, skip the extra prices and just go for water. I mean, not only is this reducing your added sugars and your sugar intake, but it's not filling you up on the simple carbohydrates and not overloading your system before you even have food in there. So just skipping out on that, reducing your bill by like a couple bucks, at least five. Mm-hmm. You know, just going with the water, you're safe that route. No, exactly. Um, Yeah, and then I would say number two is always trying to get your veggies in before you get, like, a big plate of food, right? So restaurants these days serve enormous amounts of food for the the main dish, and instead of just gorging out on that, having a nice, like, simple salad or an appetizer with a veggie to begin with before you eat a very large meal, um, it kind of regulates your blood sugars. And it kind of fills you up a little bit before you just go all out and the mashed potatoes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm a firm believer in doing little side salads or making sure you always order a veggie with your meal. And I always suggest drinking, you know, half of your glass of water and then diving into your meal or starting with your vegetables and then diving into your meal. Um, I think just one important thing to point out in regards to salads would be watching what you get on your salad and that it could be very high calorie um, dressings or, you know, they can they easily throw on like a pile of cheese on there that's like triple the amount of cheese you probably should have. So just be very careful what you get on your salads and then make sure in regards to vegetables, you kind of just be aware of if they put like a ton of butter on them because typically they like to do that so I typically suggest kind of just asking no butter on my vegetables dressing on the side and doing the fork method is that something that um you suggest with like clients is the fork method for dressings yeah um that's a great way you know are we talking about just dipping like your salad with your fork into the dressing yeah not like overloaded yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely um you know, and getting the, the the salad on or the the dressing on the side, um, and then for the veggies, you can always ask them to steam it, no no sauce like you said, or no butter. Um, just asking your waiter like, hey, is this does this have a whole lot of butter on it, or does this have a sauce on it? They'll be happy to answer that for you. Um, you know, I'm I'm probably one of those really annoying people in the restaurants that are like, hey, um, I can't eat this, so. Well, you, you definitely have a reason to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, they get kind of annoyed with me, but you know, I mean, they're happy to do it just because that's, you know, that's their job and they get an extra tip from me at the end too. So, Aww. um, yeah. So if you just ask your waiter, you know, um, steam, steam vegetables or, um, you know, and if you're worried about salt intake, you can always say like no seasonings or whatever. And then, um, you can always add in salt and pepper or whatever you like. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an important factor. Um, I know on your blog post, you mentioned to watch for words. So going for things yeah. like steamed, baked, grilled, and staying away from fried or sauteed or creamy or um, breaded, like those keywords will stand out and kind of give you a feel for if something's going to have hidden high calories like as we know if you go ahead and you fry something automatically you have those for the most part trans fats so definitely go for more um healthy options baked grilled steamed those are a lot better yeah yeah those are kind of like um the loaded words like you were talking about like the fried and the I mean, there's restaurants where you use it on every single menu option. Once you start recognizing them, it's like every other one. Because, I mean, we eat first with our eyes, right? And we do. With with our mouth. So when we see those loaded words, we're like salivating because we're seeing like sautéed and rich creamy butter. I mean, that sounds delicious, but listen to it. It's very loaded. Sautéed. Yeah. I mean, that's oil, right? That's sautéed in, which could be good. It depends on what oil. And then rich, creamy, well, that's probably smothered in butter or some type of sauce, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah just be mindful that we, we eat first with our with our eyes <laughs> in our ears, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And uh, something that I kind of like to suggest sometimes, and you can't always do it because you don't know where you're going, but is kind of figuring out what you're hungry for. And so kind mm-hmm. of deciding what you want before you go in and then looking for what you want on the menu. So thinking like, hey, right now I'm really craving, um, maybe you're craving a certain vegetable and a potato and you're like, all right, well, I need a meat option with that. So just looking for your option, something you could have with a potato you may want or um, some veg- like mixed vegetables. That's an easy way to kind of not just be staring at the menu and then like end up picking something you possibly didn't want just because you, you, it sounds good or it looks good on the menu. Yes, yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, first understanding what you want before it's, you know, I guess, hold on. It's it's more of defining what you want rather than letting the menu tell you what you want. Exactly, the menu really will tell you. It <laughs> will. They try and get you. They post that pretty picture, and it just like draws mm-hmm. you in, especially with the sauces. They make the sauces look so good, and anything that's been <laughs> butterfied because it's like glistening, and you're like, oh wow, that looks glorious. So. <laughs> Watch out for that, guys. And they also like to trick you and sometimes show you bigger portions than you actually will get. So be aware of that. Yes, especially um, with meats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So typically a serving size of meat will probably be about four or five ounces. But then they'll give you like a 10-ounce steak. And you're like, well, I really don't need all of this. I could probably eat all of this, but I don't need all of this. No, exactly. And that's so important. I'm glad you mentioned that is portion sizes. So always 
make sure you know your portion sizes. Have your hand out. Do the palm for three ounces or the palm for your um, carbohydrates and your starches. I definitely don't suggest worrying about vegetables and like fruits, stuff like that. But in regards to carbohydrates, proteins, stick to portion sizes. Um, That's like your thumb, the size of your thumb. And then don't be afraid to take half of your meal if it's a huge plate, taking half the meal and then taking it home with you. Because you paid for it, so why not save it and eat mm-hmm. it later? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was actually, I think, one of my tips is boxing up half of it like that when you get it. That way it's not like you're forcing yourself to eat it when you're not even that hungry. No, exactly. And always, like, taking your time with your eating, drink your water as you're eating, talking, um, and then before you even order dessert or if you still are hungry you think you're still hungry take 10 minutes sit drink your water or just just let the food digest a little bit and then decide if you want more mm-hmm. yeah I think a lot of times you know we forget to take our time eating um I know my husband a lot with kids he eats when he stands up I'm like you need to relax you know because if you're not relaxed while you're eating your body can't properly digest it as normally yes. as it would if it was relaxed, sitting down, um, taking the time to enjoy the food, not only enjoy the food, but also, you know, process it, processing it. Because our our brains take a while for it to realize that it's it's full from the from the sensation from the stomach to the brain. Um, it's typically about, you know, twenty minutes. So that could, you know, for a normal person, that might be like, well, I don't have 20 minutes to, you know, sit down and figure out if I'm full or hungry. But if you have the time, I urge you to, like, sit down, really take your time, um, not, you know, stuffing your face with food, but, you know, one fork full at a time. And then if you're full, stop, you know, wait those 10, 20 minutes. If you're still hungry, then keep eating. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, very important there. Okay, so Stephanie, I took enough of your time already. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast, (laughs) sharing your thoughts and your knowledge. So if there's any way that my listeners can reach out to you if they want some help, um, you're a registered dietitian. I know you do nutrition consultations. So if there's any way they can reach out to you um, or anything you just want to say before we say goodbye, definitely say it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, if you want to reach me, my email address is stephanierackley at thehealthychew.org. Or you can go out to my blog, which is thehealthychew.org. Um, and then my private consulting page is actually um, avogoodlife.com. That's kind of like avocado. It's kind of like a, a pun. So it's A-V-O, A-V-O, good life. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And um, I wish you all the best. No, thank you, and I hope you have a Merry Christmas. You too. Take care. Bye.